No one truly expects you to have all the answers, but as a Christian parent, when your child asks a challenging question about your faith, you feel good when you can answer with confidence. Well, Alex McFarland knows the importance of adults being well-equipped to answer the questions of their kids. Now, our guest is an apologist and author of 100 Bible Questions and Answers. Alex, welcome to The Morning Conversation. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be on. Looking forward to getting to know you as a brother in Christ, getting to know you as an apologist. And we're going to talk a bit around a book that you wrote called 21 toughest questions that your kids will ask about Christianity, which if I was a parent, I'm a grandparent now, but my ears would perk up with that topic. So excited about the conversation this morning, but specifically, first of all, how did you get into this whole space of kind of worldview, apologetic? How did that come about in your life? Well, thanks very much for having me on, and I appreciate what you do to bless and minister to listeners uh, throughout Uh, Nebraska and beyond. I became a Christian when I was in college, and a lot of my friends uh, didn't know the Lord, and I was trying to talk to a lot of my friends about Christ, and they had questions, you know, and so I began to read and study, number one, the Bible, the Word of God, but I began to read about apologetics to try to, you know, share Jesus with my friends at school. And then um, was growing in the Lord, involved in church, volunteering. The woman that I would ultimately marry, we were helping with the youth group and everything. And so um, we got married and I went to school and felt God's call to the ministry. I was a youth pastor full time for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And then we started doing events and we would bring together speakers. You know, I don't, I don't know if your listeners know all these names, but people like Josh McDowell oh, yeah. and Lee Strobel, who wrote The Case for Christ. Mm-hmm. And by about our sixth or seventh arena-sized event, I got a call from Focus on the Family, Dr. James Dobson. And he said, I want to start a department of youth apologetics and worldview. I began to write books and minister more and more to families and just you look up and 25 years has gone by, you know? So obviously we want all people to know the Lord and to grow in the the Christian faith, but moms and dads especially, because I've just come to realize that the future of the church and really the future of the nation is dependent on great families, Christian families. And so we're trying to equip parents to know how to pass the faith on to their children. Alex, I'm just curious, you're in this space of apologetics that speaks to the questioning heart. You wrote this book, 21 Toughest Questions That Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity. Is there more questioning of faith in the hearts of youth today because of our culture? Or would you say, no, there's there's always questions. It's all pretty much about the same level. There's different things that are getting at it and causing it and stirring it up now than in the past. There has been in the Western world for about 50 years, a gradual breaking down of the family. The divorce rate is like in the 60 percentiles. And so there's been a change. Sociologists talk about we've moved from a familial culture to a tribal culture. Now, familial, the authority figures in our life are mom and dad. But it's not so much that the questions have changed, but our young people, and at this point, I'm going to say, let, let's just talk like 30 and younger. They are suspect of voices of authority because they're less 
familial and more tribal. Now, in a familial culture, the question is true versus false. But in a tribal culture, the question is acceptance versus rejection, Mm -hmm. uh, shame versus honor. And here's my point. That like, you know, the Bible says Jesus is the only way to heaven. But if if you've got like a little place of security or sanctuary and all of your friends don't believe that, and especially on like moral issues like homosexuality or, you know, sex before marriage or transgenderism, kids will go against what they know is true because they don't want to risk acceptance by the tribe. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, completely. And in my generation, people would abandon the false and believe the true simply because it's in our best interest to believe what is true. But in a more tribal culture, which is where the Western world is, people don't want to jeopardize their standing in the in the acceptance group. And therefore, they'll they'll put more emphasis on belonging to the tribe than actually affirming what is really true. Wow. Wow. So we need to be able to share the faith. But what what our nation really needs is a move of the Holy Spirit in a big way. Alex, my mind's just kind of reeling here a little bit from that insight you just shared about that whole reality of us moving from a familial, family kind of oriented structure to a more tribal. What does it look like for a parent to engage that and try to kind of nurture more of a family orientation, a truth base versus allowing our kids just to be pulled into that whole tribal mentality? Let, Let me say a word to the men out there. Honestly, we, we need such a renaissance of godly men in our homes and in our culture. We really do. And I know it's not easy. I mean, look, um, you know, men today wear a lot of hats, as do women. Besides God's Word, the Bible tells us about what it is to be a godly man or a godly woman. But do you know volumes of research say that when the dad is spiritually and morally the the head of the family, utterly committed to his wife. Everybody's going to be happier, more stable. One of the keys to young people really having a deep relationship with the Lord and sticking with it after high school is the way the fathers lead out Mm -hmm. spiritually. And I don't want men to think, you know, you've got to be some theologian or something like that. But the fact is just to pray with your wife. This is wild. There was a Harvard University study when husband and wife have a daily devotional together quiet time. The divorce rate is is roughly one divorce in a thousand couples, which is like nil, right? So I want to encourage the men out there, uh, you're going to be happier, more stable, probably more financially successful. There's a University of California at Santa Barbara study it was published in Psychology Today when men and women stay married, even through the rough times, and they have a faith base, a center Now, you and I would say Christianity, church, but just this secular survey was talking about, you know, faith and God are part of the marriage. Statistically, even less likely to get in a car wreck. I mean, it's just amazing the perks and benefits of being a godly spouse. You know, thank God for Christian women. Thank God for the moms. But we need a move of God among the men 
to be a disciple, to love your spouse, and to model it before your children. That will truly change our nation. It really will. You know, Alec, as I think about this whole area of kids questioning, as normal as we logically can recognize that likely is in the heart of a kid at some point along the way, it can be alarming for a parent. So can you normalize that a little bit for parents and maybe calm the concerned hearts? Why should we not be worried about our kids questioning their faith. We've all heard the train wreck stories of kids, you know, raised in a Christian home and they uh, graduate from high school and they graduate from God. Those stories are out there. But I want to say this too, in literally hundreds of families that I've interviewed, like for the 21 Questions book, I interviewed 300 families that had children ages 5 to 13. But here's the thing, the word of encouragement, to not be worried. Yes, there are the the sad stories of kids who fall away, but I've heard literally, literally hundreds of stories of kids that maybe they had a, a dry spell, but they come back. I believe it's Proverbs 22, 6 mm-hmm. says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And from the training up of a child to the when they return, there might be an interval where they wrestle through some things and own their faith for themselves. But be encouraged. For one thing, the gospel is true. Mm. For Isaiah 55, God's word does not return void. And yes, there are kids that that wander away from the Lord, but there are also 95 plus percent that do come back because the seed of the gospel, the eternal word of God, not corruptible seed that dies, but the Word of God that lives forever. Between the truth of the gospel and the overtures of the Holy Spirit, uh, kids do come home and they come back to Jesus. Now, we would like to see that happen sooner rather than later, but if a parent of a prodigal is listening to this conversation, I want to say be encouraged. Uh, Don't despair. You know, pray and share the love of Jesus, but The truth of the gospel is a very powerful thing, and uh, sometimes people run from God, but God is so merciful that he, He runs after us. And His Holy Spirit does bring people back. So, Alex, we talked a few moments ago about kind of why we should not, as parents, be concerned about the questioning of our kids. can be a very healthy thing. So, on the other end, why should we be sobered, maybe, and, and take seriously when our kids enter into a questioning phase in their faith? Let me just say this, too. We don't want kids to think that Christianity is a blind faith. Hmm. Famous writer years ago, Mark Twain, said, Faith is believing something you know isn't true. Uh, No, I completely disagree. Uh, By the way, the word faith or belief in the New Testament, like in Acts 16, verse 31, where it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The word belief there is a Greek word that means trust, but it means a response to available knowledge. So, I mean, when we say put your trust in Jesus, we're not saying switch off your mind and just believe something blindly. Uh, What we're saying is, no, look, there are compelling lines of evidence, historically, archaeologically, textually. It's been said that the life of Jesus, and, and I completely agree with this, I've interviewed hundreds of scholars of all strata, but the life of Jesus is the most historically documented life of the ancient world. Historians look at 
eyewitnesses and multiple eyewitness testimony and hostile testimony. So we've got Jesus who claimed to be the the Savior, was crucified, rose from the dead, the most documented life of the ancient world. And then we've got the Bible, uh, manuscripts preserved. And even if there were no biblical manuscripts, we've got nearly one million examples of verses quoted in early church correspondence. So we could reconstruct the Bible, even if we didn't have the manuscripts of the Bible. And so, yes, you still have to take that step of faith. You still have to say, Lord, I trust you. But it is absolutely a faith based on compelling evidence. Not only is belief completely justified, actually unbelief in the face of all this compelling data is what's unjustified. So I want kids to know it is faith, trust, belief, but it's a belief corroborated by compelling lines of proof. Alex, talk to the parent right now who has a youth, probably a teen, maybe even upper teen, mid to upper teen in their home right now who has declared, I don't know whether I believe this stuff. What does the parent do and maybe what do they not do? Like what posture should a parent take with that? Don't freak out and don't have a deer in the headlights look. Hmm. It's one thing if, a, if a, a young person says, look, I reject this. But it's a completely different posture if a, a teen says, you know, I'm not sure if I really believe this. If somebody says, you know, I'm not, not sure, that's an opportunity because they're saying, look, if it's real, I got to know. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 16 The Apostle Peter said this, We have not followed cleverly devised fables when we made known unto you the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost as if even within the New Testament, the writers anticipated that people would question, look, is this really real? Very often, doubt accompanies a real time of emotional duress or stress. There's this old principle, HALT, H-A-L-T, Don't make any major life decision if you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I think moms and dads often find that if a a late teen, like you say, an upper teen, if they go through a season of, of struggle, very often that's running on a parallel track with something that's pretty emotionally draining or something. Be patient because you love your child. The Lord loves them even more. Hmm. We are living in the golden age of apologetics. Seventy years ago, when C.S. Lewis was just beginning in America, there were two apologetics books in print. Hmm. But today, the fastest growing segment of Christian publishing is apologetics. Hmm. I don't care what discipline you name. There are people emerging that are first-rate scholars that are writing about the evidence for Christianity. And whether it's medical doctors or astrophysicists that are tops in their fields who say, yes, I've looked at the evidence. Jesus Christ is real. I'm a committed believer. And it's really an opportunity because if they patiently look at the evidence, they're going to come out on the other side stronger than ever and not just following the Lord because mom and dad told them to, but because they found out for themselves that it's really, really real. And it is the the most wonderful experience of our life 
to know Christ. Well, Alex, we could talk all day, which I knew would be the case. And we will, if you're gracious enough, we'll probably have you back here to kind of end our time. Just a question in terms, again, that you've created a great resource, the 21 toughest questions your kids will ask about Christianity. Any suggestions about parents on how they might utilize that resource with their kids? Is it something they read and interact with their kids? They read it together to give it to the kids to read? Like, what could that look like for parents to really access that resource well? Let me say this. Sometimes parents think, because I can't do everything, I'm just not going to do anything. And don't feel like suddenly we got to do a 180 and we're going to have Bible study three times a week. Start out with something realistic and achievable, like maybe one night a week, have a five or 10 minute devotional, and you could read this book together, 21 Toughest Questions. I will say I did a video series, and I give God the glory, but one uh, about four years ago, Video Curriculum of the Year at the International Christian Visual Media Awards in Cincinnati. And many churches have shown it like on Wednesday nights mm. or in Sunday school. Um, the American Family Association, uh, afa.net, on their resources page is very affordable. Like if you go on Amazon.com, I think it's like $40. But if you go on the American Family Association, the boxed set video is like $20 or something. But, you know, it all comes down to a personal decision to know the Lord. And maybe if anybody hears this broadcast and they themselves are wondering, you know, do I really have a relationship with Christ? Let me just encourage everybody listening. Jesus is as close by as a prayer. He is real. He loves you very, very much. And if you call out to Christ, he will become a part of your life. He'll forgive your sins. He'll make you brand new inside. Um, everybody hearing this can become a Christian today by calling out to Christ, who is the, the one and only Savior. And um, I just encourage everybody to know Christ, to grow in Christ, and to pass that faith on to all those around them. Well, Alex, this has been an absolutely wonderful morning together with you. Thank you so much for the work that you've put into your resources to help parents answer those tough questions about our faith. And thanks so much for taking the time to be with us on the conversation this morning. You're so gracious. I I sincerely appreciate this opportunity.